The biggest key takeaway is about planning, planning, planning. If you want to operate in, in the pandemic and to operate without too many problems, you really need to be thinking about what challenges you're going to be addressing beforehand before you actually find that you have them on the table. I think the, the other key finding that we're finding uh, from this is the acceleration of uh, existing trends. So I think that things like just-in-time payroll, the fact that people want to be paid you know, immediately, that's something which has just accelerated massively when you can't have the traditional processes that you had in. Obviously, the acceleration of uh, digitization and also of contactless payments. I think one of the other things that we've learned in relation to the remote working and the fact that this overnight transition just took place is that the dependency on paper-based processes was something that I think hit a lot of people, realizing that if, you, if you've got paper, then you need people to be there to shift it around, and suddenly you don't have that. And I think that a lot of work has been done to, to try and digitize those processes and to remove paper where it's not needed, because not in the last four months, people haven't been able to be together. You talk about acceleration of processes. This is something that everybody within the industry has been saying to me, that things have moved much more quickly, but they are just trends that were there already. Do you think that we would be where we are now in terms of that acceleration if it hadn't been for, for COVID? It would have taken four to five years to get to this point? I don't know that it would have taken as long as that, as long as the four to five years that you suggest, but I do think that it would have been slower. There's no doubt about that. I think that circumstances have forced people into a particular situation to operate in a way that perhaps they didn't feel comfortable with before. There are all sorts of different statistics that are out there that are, that are covering different periods, and we won't really be able to understand it fully until afterwards when we can just look at the period leading up to the lockdowns and then the period of the lockdowns and, and the pandemic generally. But there's lots of evidence to suggest that people are making digital payments, you know, for the first time ever, that people are using, you know, contactless cards for the first time ever, and that the new things are being done by people. Now, these trends may just be out of necessity during the pandemic, but they may also survive beyond that time. Let's talk about some of the fallout of, of that change, though, because if people are doing things in a new way, and you, you mentioned some examples there, both of what we might describe as corporate behavior and what we might describe as individual behavior, is the payments industry, well, perhaps not the payments industry, is the regulation of the payments industry going to be able to keep up? Well, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges for regulators. I think we've all got challenges, and I don't think necessarily that the regulators can foresee exactly how changes will happen, but they're going to have to be more flexible as people's behavior changes and as the industry changes through new you know, technology and new solutions that come on, come on stream. The problem is that regulators are always playing catch-up, and of course, the elephant in the room I've not thrown at you yet is, is the, the saga of Wirecard. That failure of audit, not a failure of payments, I understand. But has that had any fallout in the payments industry? It has had fallout in the sense that I think that people's processes, you know, we're all used to doing things in a particular ways. And I think that the biggest fallout probably and the biggest wake-up call is are, are the processes that we have, you know, are they audited well? Do they have a roadmap which is sensible and that can be justified? And I think that's probably the biggest wake-up call because, as you say, the you know, Wirecard isn't about the payment side. It's about the, the, the auditing side. 
What next for P20? What is the organisation currently doing? I mean, you're obviously not getting together and, and, and meeting people in a way that you might otherwise have done. Well, you attended last year, you attended our Global Payments Conference in London. We were intending to have our conference in person in New York this year, but obviously COVID has put paid to that. So we, uh, we will be meeting virtually at the end of September. Uh, over two days on September the 29th and September the 30th, covering really the same areas that we, you know, that are that are our priorities that we did last year. So around uh, regulation and combating fraud and criminal transactions, around financial inclusion and around cybersecurity. We're going to do it on two shorter days. You know, what P20 is about is I, I describe ourselves as a as a cross really between an industry association and a think tank. We're about collaboration on non-competitive issues in those areas, producing best practice for the industry and for regulators as well. And that's what this report is all about. And we're going to do, we're going to do more work you know, on that as we go forward. It may sound unfair, but more work is obviously needed because effectively in the last few months, what's been happening is you've been flying an aeroplane and building the aeroplane while you've been flying it if you've been in the payments industry at the moment. Exactly. One of the things that I'm most proud about about this particular report is that what the industry has been doing is they've been they've been not looking at about how to you know the changing practices that they have now uh, just to get through the pandemic but they've been looking at the long-term trends and how things can change and I think that one of the things that's happened during COVID is that because trends have been accelerated there's been the opportunity to test new solutions uh, on a much wider scale than perhaps you know was uh, was able to be done before to see how they, you know, to, to see how they work. And so it has been, you know, like with anyone who, any designer who's designing a product, when they test it in, on, a, on a small scale, it might, uh, it might work extremely well. But once you, you know, once you crank it up to a much bigger scale, you encounter other problems. And I think that you're right, that there's been lessons that we've had to learn on the hoof and, uh, and solutions which have to, have to be solved. I mean, I think one of the biggest things is you look at all the government stimulus money that has been distributed to individuals and businesses. Getting that amount of money out in that number of payments out, you know, was a massive undertaking. And, you know, there were issues, I understand, that were encountered in doing that, but the industry got it done because they had to get it done. So the industry is holding together, is growing, ultimately. I think we have to say that you've got an industry which is much bigger than it was at the beginning of the year. By the nature of the beast, it, it's taken on more work, it's taken on more payments. The sheer volume and capacity, and, and mostly successfully, is quite impressive. How do you see the industry evolving in the future? We're going to see, keep on seeing more solutions that, that come out. I think, the, I think the two critical challenges that the industry has going forward in the next few years, uh, one is security and the other is financial inclusion. What everyone realizes is that, is that as we change, the bad people are changing as well. So the fact that you know, we had more, you know, before the pandemic, there were more transactions where the card was present. There are now more transactions where the card isn't present. And we don't know how that will you know, set out at the end of all of this. But, you know, when we go, you know, when we take the card away from the transaction and go offline, so to speak, so do the bad actors. So I think that the number one is we have to create and ensure that we have a, a payments system that operates for everyone that is safe and secure. And so keeping ahead of the bad actors and the, you know, monumental amounts of money that are being invested into 
professional criminal organizations is probably the number one. But the other thing is, is on financial inclusion. Moving to a more digital society, as we have seen, forced on us you know, a few months ago, but we'll, we'll definitely not all go back to how it was before or afterwards. We need to make sure that we don't leave people behind. Not everybody is ready to move to a digital economy. Lots of people feel very comfortable about that. I mean, I'm someone who I really don't use cash very often, but there are plenty of people who are the you know, diametric opposite to me who prefer to use cash for whatever reason it is. And I think that the industry needs to be mindful and is mindful of the fact that with new solutions coming out, with innovation, offering different ways of, of transacting, we need to make sure that we don't leave people behind. Financial inclusion is one of P20's key pillars that we have. We are working to try and understand why barriers exist for people to access the financial system, but also to, uh, to find solutions and to, uh, we want to create a scorecard which will determine whether new products are inclusive and critically don't exacerbate exclusion. Looking at the shape of the industry, traditionally we had big banks, we had big payments firms like Visa, MasterCard, etc. Now there are an awful lot of small fintechs nibbling at their heels who may do one thing very well or attempt to do one thing very well. There presumably is going to be some sort of shakeout in the sheer volume of actors in the industry because if somebody does something very well in a small fintech, I'm going to come along and buy it if I'm a bank because I'll want that technology and it might make more sense for me to buy it the firm than just to hire the technology. How do you see the, the industry itself shaking out? Oh, I think that's definitely going to be the case. There's, you know, there's so much, there is so much going on and there are transactions taking place, you know, very, very regularly between the bigger players, uh, the industry leaders and, and new startups to do exactly as you say. So I think we will definitely see a consolidation. You know, last year we saw a consolidation really at the top of the industry. I think that, you know, we will see, you know, I'm not sure I would describe it as a shakeout, but uh, we will definitely see consolidation with smaller players being bought out by bigger players.